0: This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Okay, let's get into the Bible here. Um, I'm gonna just open us up here. I'm gonna open us up in prayer. I'm gonna share a couple of scriptures about worship. This is our new series, Doxology, uh, which really um, means the study of worship. Or, you know, we're gonna just talk about worship this month. Uh, because if we can get our worship right, I believe that worship can change a city. If we get our worship right, judgment begins with the house of God. If we can worship right in the house, I believe it will change our community. I believe worship is a defining factor. It is is what really matters in our relationship with God more than anything. It's more than my purpose. My purpose is secondary to worship. The blessing of God is secondary to worship. I'll tell you right now, me preaching the word of God to you is secondary to your worship. Mm -hmm. Somebody say amen. 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 And so so if we get this right, um, everything else and right, the Bible says, you know, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the number one commandment. Worship is the number one commandment. And so, I'm just going to open this up in prayer. I'm going to share some scriptures. Then I'm going to call up a couple students. Um, they're going to come up and just share their story. And we're going to kind of navigate through that in light of worship. Look at your neighbor and say, worship. worship. Okay. All right, let's open up in prayer here. And if uh, I'll give you the first scripture we're going to open up with is Psalm chapter 86 Sean- psalm chapter 86 we're going to read verse 9 and 10 so once again psalm 86 verse 9 and 10 and let me pray and we're going to jump right into this word father we just thank you god for your presence in this house and and god i just pray that as we open up your word and as we um hear these powerful testimonies lord i just pray you just breathe on us god bring us into new realms new dimensions of worship god we thank you that we were created to first and foremost to worship you And so, Lord, I just pray for revelation. I pray, Father, uh, that you speak to each and every one of us through your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. So good to see everybody here this morning. So here we go. We're gonna look at I'm gonna open up with Psalm 86 verse 9 to 10. They'll have it up here on the screens. I'm gonna share just another scripture and share a couple things and then boom we're gonna invite up a couple of the students um, to share their story. So doxology. I'm just gonna give you the definition of what it means um, after we read the scripture. All nations whom you have made uh, shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. And in verse 10 it says, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. I'm going to read it again. Powerful scripture here um, about worship. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. And so right there, worship is for everybody, Bible says, "All nations you have made shall come and worship." And I don't even like this here. All nations. If you look around this room, there is diversity in this room. I believe that if we can get diverse in the house of God, we can, we can change society. Come on, somebody! I got one clap over here on the right. Because if we can get if we can all nations, all nations worship is for everybody. So why are our churches not for everybody? Uh huh. That, 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 that white and black and Hispanic and, and, and Asian and, you know, Vietnamese, like all nations, Samoan, Filipino. Yeah, we got some Filipinos in the building. All right, Even Red Sox fans, they can come and worship here. Now, now that, doesn't change. <laughs> that doesn't change my view of things, but they can come and worship here somebody say amen Lakers fans can come worship here Knicks fans can come worship here because worship is more important than basketball I know it's hard Clippers fans come on somebody can come worship here 49 er fans come worship here Rams fans yeah See, I-, I have respect for Pastor Nick because he was a fan before they had this run, okay? Pastor Nick was a fan of the Rams before he was born. He's an Eric Dickerson fan. He wasn't even born when he played. <laughs> but, but all nations, all nations, come on somebody, say all nations. All nations. Everybody, everybody up in here, all expressions. i tell you what, our churches would be better if we had multiple expressions in them. I believe there's certain expressions, oh man, this ain't in my message, but I'm getting to it. Somebody say worship. Worship. There, there, there are expressions in the Hispanic community that if we don't, we don't get that expression in our church, we are missing something. Yes sir. yes, sir. There are expressions in the black community in worship. My wife and I were talking about this this morning. That, 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 that there needs to be an era where we can experience even our ethnic expressions of worship in the same house. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. We need some Chicano glory in the house. And we need the black community to get us white people just a little bit more free. Help us white folks just get on beat a little better. Come on white people, say amen. Yeah, yeah, I got a white person. Yes, help me with my rhythm. Come on, somebody. But yeah. right, I'm just saying, all nations, right? All nations worship li- our, the living God from one blood. All right, one blood. All nations come worship. If we if we establish that all nations, people groups, ethnic groups, subcultures. Whatever fan of you you are of, whatever you come from ethnically, culturally, that if we can establish, if we can get you know different uh, the the environment to be diverse, but we worship one God. I believe that that is the starting point of a move of God. Any time there were great moves of God, it was a, it was there was a there, it was multi ethnic, multi generational. Come on, somebody. There's there's expressions in the Asian community. In the Korean community, that, that if we that if it is if it's not a part of just bringing those expressions up in the house, there we're missing something. Somebody say amen. amen. This is not in my notes, but it feels good saying it. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor. And say I'm glad you're here. Okay. Find somebody that doesn't look like you. is not your ethnicity. Look at them and say, thank you for helping me out. Come on, tell them. Find somebody. Come on, white folks. Find a black person. Be like, thank you. Come on, Korean, a- Asians. Find yourself a Mexican. Be like, thank you for helping a brother out. <laughs> thank you, Ricky, for helping me out. Some of y'all in your own ethnicity, you're like, yeah, they, they do need some help. Hey, Amen. Come on. Come <laughs> on. Alright? All expressions, alright? Alright? Whatever, even you know, I mean you're missing something when you don't invite if if you don't have different types of food in your world, you're missing something, man. If you have never had tamales or carne asada or or pho, come on somebody. You need you need to find somebody, take you to some a pho joint. Come on now. If you have never had chicken wings, if your whole diet is casseroles and meatloaf, you're missing something, white people. Come on. Somebody say amen. All right. Are you guys all right? All right. Here we go. All nations. Somebody say all nations. All nations. Worship is for everybody. If this is an environment of worship, everybody would be welcome because it's about worship. Somebody say amen. Here we go. I'm moving on. I'm taking way too long. These students are going to come up for like five minutes. Tell us your name. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm playing with you. Okay? Here we go. This is what doxology means. So we know what we're talking about this month. Doxology means this. It's a word of praise. It's actually used in a lot of Catholic environments. This, this language. It's a Greek word. Um, but this is a powerful, powerful word. What we're going to talk about is word of praise. It means to ascribe glory to God. Okay? It means right worship. There's the right worship. This is what it means. The, the right opinion of God. This is so powerful. This is what worship is it is the right opinion of God and a, a right way of expressing it. And we're going to talk about this month like, what does the Bible say about worship? What, what are, what are, what are, what are what is the parameters of worship? What are the freedoms? of worship. I believe there's certain things in certain ethnic groups that they just easily lean towards a certain expression of God. And we want all that up in the house. So we all can get a little some of that. Somebody amen, say amen. amen. So that's what doxology means. It, it comes from a Greek word and it really means that there is a biblical doctrinal approach to what worship is. And there is a right way of doing it. And there's a right way of expressing it. And that's what we're going to talk about this month. And like I just said, all nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you. One more scripture here. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 8. If you want to turn there. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 8. There's so much in the Word of God about worship. Um, and we're going to do different creative things this month and in, in, during the word time like we are today, just to um, kind of mix it up a little bit. But their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands. Somebody say right worship. Right. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. Okay, first scripture I shared says all nations, whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord. Isaiah 2.8 says, their land is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. So this is the main point for today. And I'll have it on the screen here. And then I'll invite the students up. But we don't make things to worship. We were made to worship. And so, I know that's real simple, and, but, but that is worship, that it was, I was made to glorify Him, not to create a life or make things that absorb everything about my life. I'm going to say it one more time. We don't make things to worship. We were made to worship. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's say this with me. Say, say we, don't make we don't make things to worship. I was made made to worship, worship. all right, hallelujah. So now I wanted to invite up um, the two students that will be with us, Josh and Brittany here. Um, So awesome to have you guys. To have you guys here with us, and they have just some powerful stories, and I'm just going to ask them some questions here, uh, just about worship, and just about their life. And I, I, I love, I personally just love Teen Challenge and the School of Ministry. They've been a, such a blessing to us, and just what they stand for. Shout out to David Wilkerson, um, who started this thing way back, um, rest in peace. But man, this thing is internationally uh, known, um, and they are... Um, powerful, real deal ministry, uh, and, and just uh, really reaching people right where they are, and, and bringing them a long way. So, um, so um, welcome guys. So, I just want to ask you guys, if you don't, we'll start with Brittany, because, you know, ladies first. And so, uh, if you just want to just share a little bit about your story, your salvation experience, and kind of up to where you are now, go for it.
1: Okay. um, I didn't grow up knowing the Lord. Um, I never prayed before in my life. Um, The only influence I really had um, was family members that were um, religious and Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, And um, I don't mean to talk bad about it, but I just knew something wasn't right with it. Um, It was very lawful and um, my parents left the religion when I was a child. So I knew something wasn't right, um, and our families were kind of split up. We weren't allowed to associate. So my perspective on God was uh, was kind of hardened. Um, I didn't really believe in God, and I was like, this is, you know, so. Anyways, to fast forward it, um, I grew up my whole life um, in a happy family. My parents kind of fought growing up. They were unhappy in their marriage. So my only outlet was music. Um, I listened to music, put the headset on, and found out that I had a gift very young and um, just enjoyed singing and um, just singing and dancing and acting and things like that, that was my outlet. Uh, When I was 14, um, that's when I first started using drugs or alcohol, I had a traumatic experience in my life. Um, My mom had respiratory failure from pills and alcohol and she was in a coma for two months. And um, she hid her addiction very well. She was still a good mom, so it was uh, very traumatic for me that I was going to lose my mom. And I wasn't very close with my dad. So um, I was like, there is no God. I was still kind of like lost, very, very lost. Um, She ended up living, um, thank God. Now I say thank God. It's funny I didn't say that before, but I didn't know the Lord then. But anyways, um, so from 14 to 30 years old right now, um, actually it was a year ago, Um, Through that whole span of 15 years, I got involved and built strongholds in my life with men um, from relationship to relationship. Um, With those relationships came drugs and alcohol, Um, just very lost, Uh, didn't have any foundation or security, Um, just so lost. Um, I always saw people that, I went to church here and there with people and I was like, God, I want that. Like, how are they so happy? I don't understand, you know, and um, I was very confused on who God was because there were so many different religions and I didn't get that it was a personal relationship. So anyways, fast forward, uh, God was pursuing me the whole time and I didn't know it. I was so hardened towards him because I viewed him as a religion, not um, as my savior. Um, So um, I ended up moving away. I'm actually forgot to tell you, I'm from Florida. Um, So I tried the environmental change after my third rehab. In my 20s, I've been to about three different rehabs trying to get sober and clean and just still couldn't, couldn't get it together. Um, So I moved away thinking that maybe if I moved away, um, I would see a better, you know, it would help me. But still in my mind, I was tormented, still had strongholds, still addicted, um, still lost. Um, I found out about Teen Challenge when I was living in Fresno, and um, I knew I needed something. um, I needed to, it was like God was working on me because I hit my rock bottom. I was using methamphetamines and hearing voices, and I was like, oh my gosh, my life. You know, um, this isn't me, and I was scared to death. And I was like, God, if you're real, show me. I'm I'm ready. I'll get rid of the boyfriend. I'll get rid of the car. I'll get rid of anything. Just get me out of here, because I was so I was ready to kill myself. And I and I, I was to that point. Um, and he did. And I knew about Teen Challenge. Uh, the guy I was actually dating at the time, his son, um, his ex-wife sent his son to Teen Challenge, or her son to Teen Challenge, and that was a like a, God was already working, so it's like God brought good out of me coming to California. I got involved in a bad relationship and still was doing drugs, but He brought good out of it. And He said, "Look, there's this place," and He was already speaking to my heart. Wow! Um, so by seeing His example of His son getting the help, I said, "I want that." That's um, powerful. So I ended up. Finding About Teen Challenge, I was ready. I left the car, the boyfriend, and I said, I'm ready. I need to find out how to be a woman of God. I'm done. I just, I'm lost. Lord, if you're real, help me. And these two years have been the best two years of my life. Um, I have a relationship with God now. And um, it's a beautiful thing because he's working on my family. um, Because, see, we didn't go to church or anything like that. But now I'm being patient with it. But my brother's actually, he calls me and he's like, will you pray for me? And we never talked about that. Like, we would, you know, he's, he's interested. So it's a, um, it's a planting the seed. So, yeah, that's I'm very so grateful. Cool. Thank you. Amazing.
0: Come on. That's awesome. So cool. All right, Josh, please, yeah, tell us your story, man. I, I know you're relatively local from the local area. Right. But go for it, man. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> my
2: name is Joshua. My mom's right there. Shout out to my mom. Hello. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't want her to, I didn't want her to come because she's part of my testimony, but I don't know. I just, yeah, but it's crazy because they, they fundraised in our city and she ended up going to my house and she told my mom about it. I was like, Whoa! I totally- wow. 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 wow, amen. This is God's plan. So yeah. Um, yeah, 24 now years old. you both are
0: up here. That's a trip. Yeah. So, so th- she came and. Then- oh
2: no no, this was recently. Oh okay. Yeah got got yeah.
0: Oh I got. Oh I, I see was what like, you're saying. Yeah. Come see got it. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you gotta got go okay. come see. Yeah. No, that's so,
2: awesome. Um, so I'm Filipino. Um, yeah. Yeah. Come on,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: From LA County, you know, uh, from Carson then to Cerritos, uh, but pretty much LA County my whole life. Um, yeah. I grew up in a in financially it was a it was a good it was not rich we weren't poor um but i don't know just i just remember um my mom and dad fighting a lot and um the house wasn't necessarily a place that i wanted to be um i was happy to go to school and uh it's like, man, I got to come home and hear my dad. Because my dad, just a traditional, hardcore Filipino dad that just shows no emotion, never seen him really cry uh, very few times. And just, it's like you, you can never do anything to please him. Like, that's just kind of the vibe that I got from my dad. And uh, and I was just trying to get that approval like all my life. And uh, man, I remember one day, I was doing good, you know. I I did what I was told. I I was raised in the church. We were raised in the Christian faith. And I know my parents did the best they could, you know. Um, But I just remember, like, this is probably what started it. And I had this realization when I was in Teen Challenge. I remember one day my dad was like, he sat me down. I don't know. I I forgot what I did. Uh, But it wasn't like to, it, it didn't, I don't think it deserved this kind of response. But my dad was like, you've done nothing to make me proud as a father. And I was like, what? Like, what, do you, what do you mean? Um, so I just try to seek approval from other people. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get it from you. I guess subconsciously, I was like, I'm gonna get it from other people. Um, so yeah, I just started, you know, I just always just started kicking it with um, my friends more than I was with my family. And uh, eventually I just started getting caught up in a wrong crowd. And it just, uh, from like party stuff, um, to going to parties, um, I started like at the age of 16, just experimenting with like different different stuff, like weed and, and alcohol. And um, it just got bad, it got bad. I just wanted to seek approval. Um, I had friends that were in gangs, so I was doing whatever they were doing. And it was close, it was a close call for me. Um, but thank God I didn't uh, go into that lifestyle, because now, I remember, like, I could just see God moving in my life because my best friend, who ended up joining, got caught um, for doing something he was supposed to do, and he ended up—he's still in prison now. So I, I feel like if I took that direction, I would be there too. But I just still wanted to—I don't know—just that destructive lifestyle just, just came and it just came naturally. And I just lived a double life. I just remember, I go to church. And um, I'd go, I'd be part of the praise team. You know, I started music, like, when my parents got me in piano. It's not a stereotype, okay? Well, kind of. But got me in piano, got me in piano, right? When I was six. And I remember I was in the car, and she was like, I was like, where are we going? She's like, yeah, you're going to have some piano lessons. I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) So I just, I went along with it, and, you know, I was in the church. So I, I just always... Um, somebody taught me um, praise and worship chords when I was in the church. So ever since I was like 10, I've been playing piano for the church. Uh, but I really, I learned really well to like live a double life. Um, I can put this front really well. Nobody even know that I'm using, you know. Um, and then I, I live 100% in, in that life. And then when I go to church, I live 100% in that life. So I was really good at that. Um, and it just kind of got messy. Um, You know, you just kind of get sloppy with the way you do things, and I remember uh, um, um, fast-forward. My best friend, he started using heroin, and um, I was just doing like party stuff at that time, you know. Um, uh, Doing a lot of pills, um, but I never took it to that level. I, I told myself I would never, never step up to like drugs like heroin or meth. Um, but he, he had heroin and, um, you know, I was at a low point. Uh, I think my, my grandpa just passed away, so I'm like, okay, let's do it, like emotionally, because uh, drugs end up becoming an escape. Um, at first it's fun, and then you realize you're just, it's one way that you could step away from the from reality just for a little bit. So I started doing that, and then before you know it, I'm shooting up heroin with him. And um, I remember one day, uh, he. He, I let him do the doses because, like, I, I, I wanted to tell myself, like, hey, I'm not really an addict like that because I don't know how to make the dose, doses, you know. I let him handle all that, and I guess one day he gave me a little too much, and uh, I just remember, like, blacking out. And um, waking up, and then there's a whole bunch of paramedics around me. Apparently, um, my best friend was was doing CPR on me for like 25 to 30 minutes, which is almost like impossible because my mom's a nurse. That's another Asian stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my sister's a nurse, but we're Filipino though. But Filipinos, a lot of them are nurses.
0: That's awesome.
2: Hey, but yeah, but she's like that's like it's it's pretty like. It's staggering for it to be 25 to 30 minutes of doing CPR, but yeah, my best friend would have let me die uh, because he had stuff like he was trying to do it himself. He didn't call 911. It took for his brother to bust through the door and um, like, what what are you doing? Like his face is white, my lips were blue. And he's like, you need to call 911. Then, you know, I woke up with the paramedics around me, went to the emergency center and then that's when I'm like okay I need to tell my parents that was like a really fat reality check I thought I was invincible I can do it I didn't think the problem was that bad until that happened and um from there my parents were really concerned thank god for for my parents they you know very supportive and um they reached out and they knew pastor Nick Griffey uh, who was the old director at TCM. I didn't know at that time and um I remember coming back from a dentist appointment uh he talked to me about Teen Challenge And he was like, hey, have you, like, what kind of stuff have you done? And I'm like, I don't need to tell you. You know, you don't need to know about my life. Like, I don't know you like that, you know. And uh, very hard-hearted. I came back home, and uh, I I teach piano. So I was teaching my my pastor's son's piano. And um, he came in, and I thought he was going to just pick up his son and leave. And he's like, hey, Josh, we need to talk. I'm like, okay, I know what you're going to talk about, you know. And and I just said, yeah, 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 sure, I'll think about it. And uh, he ended up staying, like, all day until the nighttime. And he's like, you know, there's one bed available in San Diego. And I just decided to take it. And ever since then, God, I I went because of my my mom. And she was just standing next to my pastor. And um, I just, the glimmer of hope in her eyes. And I'm like, okay, this is a year that I'm not going to stress her out, you know. Um, So I went and God just transformed my life. You cannot do a year team challenge and not change. You know what I'm saying? You cannot be in the presence of God and not change. So I I changed, you know, but I guess there was like reservations subconsciously in my heart that I still wanted to accomplish when I graduated. So I graduated the program last year. And then I went out, and then I started hanging out with the same friends. I didn't do what you're supposed to do, which is stay connected to a church. Drop your old friends and have new friends. And just stay in your word. Pray. Go to church. like Make sure you're connecting with God. Uh, A month later, I caught a case. um, And then I find myself in jail for the next six months. And um, and it's crazy because I would be in prison right now if it wasn't for Mr. Osanaya reaching out and being like, hey, bring Joshua in Teen Challenge, you know. So I did restoration uh, to fulfill my court stuff. And restoration is really when God, like, I saw him move because, um, like, I, I wanted to go to OC because it was nearby. Um, and then they're like, no, you can't. I'll like, there's a bed available, but... I was supposed to go later. I wanted to go later because probation didn't allow me to go till later. And then, you know, uh, I tried to go to San Diego. They didn't let me. By the time I wanted to go, OC oh, it was closed up. So it's like, Shafter was the original plan. I ended up going Shafter. What's cool about Shafter is they have worship every day, seven days a week. So, and Richard Bench, he was in charge of worship. I did worship with him in San Diego. And I just did worship every day for six months straight. Mm. So every single day I was making the sets, mm. five songs a day for seven days a week. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to see how God moves. Wow. And now I'm here today, you know, and um, I know this is exactly where God wants me to be right now. God God is just so good. I could just see how all the pieces of the puzzle line up together. and um,
0: Beautiful.
2: Yeah, no, that's I'm sorry, I was kind of long. I just. Oh,
0: no, that's good. Yeah,
2: but come on, um, give it up for yeah, Josh. You're right. you're
0: yes, um, you kind of answered kind of the second question, but I'll I'll go to Brittany here, um, and and we we'll can kind of give Josh a chance too. He kind of led us into this. But what would you say? Like, what is worship to you? Like, what is uh, what is what does it mean to you personally?
1: Worship to me is. Not just singing. Mm-hmm. Um, worship, to me is, is our daily living. Like worship to me is uh, walking with Christ, uh, treating others with love, um, walking in obedience to what God calls mm-hmm. us to do every day, mm-hmm. um, living a life obedient to Christ. That's, That's worship. Good. Love That's awesome. is the main. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Great. That's good stuff. What about you, Josh? Like, same thing. I would
2: say the same thing. Like worship is a lifestyle. Um, it's like... Well, you don't stop worshiping. I remember a pastor just told me that recently. He told the class. He's like, worship's a lifestyle. You don't stop worshiping. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is worship time for like 30 minutes. And right. now let's worship God. It's like right. you worship with your life. You That's know, so. good. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's awesome. What would you say like um, for you? I know you guys kind of already said this, but just maybe to go a little further, a little deeper, Josh. What would you say is something outside? Because you're a musician and kind of grew up in it. Um, talented. Um, and all that um, but what would you say is something specific of how you worship outside of that context like in a you know outside of
2: like singing yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah the
0: music side or yeah um and
2: just well honestly like I do sing even when I'm not okay like, got it. Yeah, yeah you just you just praise God and and man just just knowing that everything that you do is, is an, it can be an offering of worship to God. Like right. it says everything you do, do for the Lord. So mm-hmm. like, whether it be like, you know, finding a brother or sister that's in need and just yeah. like, okay, that's worshiping God. I'm blessing somebody else. or I'm being a light or I'm um, just reading the word or giving him acknowledgement. And like, it's, it's everything that you do, you know. That's, That's everything good. that I do is just make sure that worship is 24-7. It's yeah. not,
0: you don't just turn it on when right. you're up here, you know. That's good. That's good. Um, so to go back to maybe that, those moments or that a time when you were maybe privately or in, in some sort of gathering like this, could you maybe share a, a moment, a time where worship greatly impacted your life and it's really God through worship right but when when has worship impacted your life do you do you have a maybe a recent encounter or experience
1: um so there it's been recently because in high school I was in an art school so I performed Mm -hmm. which is totally different and it's it's what you do there exactly at musical theater, um, yeah. we did plays, We okay. it was very competitive, mm-hmm. uh, we had vocal lessons, vocal we had to do stuff. monologues, mm-hmm. um, sing, and then people would judge you and critique you on how you sound and how you look and how much you weigh and what you're wearing and this and that, and having to turn that off, yeah. and, and actually like, I didn't know where my place was and the gifting that I had. So now that I worship at TCMI, I'm learning to retrain that mind and sometimes it's a struggle um, because it's like wait a minute like it's not about it's I need to be singing to God
0: mm-hmm. um, right because you come out of a performance right. environment and it's same elements other than worship right. and God in his presence but it's you're on stage mm-hmm. people are looking at you so yeah
1: and it could be a struggle sometimes cuz I'm very private and I love to sing, but I get very nervous as well. Like I, when people are looking at you, or like even talking up here, I'm like, okay, you know, like, You're doing great, isn't she doing great? (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. But wait, what was the question?
0: Uh Uh, I forgot we're both in trouble right now. No, I was saying like a moment uh, that worship impacted your life, whether privately or publicly, but do you have a recent?
1: Okay, so this recent time I was doing worship for one of the ladies there she was doing a morning focus and the topic was love so I really got with the Lord quietly and I said Lord give me a song give me a song when I was 14 years old I sang love never fails for my sister's wedding I didn't know the Lord then and he brought me back that song to say I was there the whole time wow so when I was able to sing it in worship for Linda I was for her morning focus when I was able to sing that it wasn't about performance. It was, uh, it was, God was there the whole time. It was very peaceful and it was God being in that presence and he was helping me. He's helping me get through that.
0: That's so. awesome. What about you, Josh? I know you, like, God locked you into a room, into a space for how, however long doing songs every day. That's so amazing. But what would you say is a moment that worship impacted you? Okay, so um, there's this
2: time where um, I was in Shafter. This is towards the end um, of uh, me being in Shafter like last week. And um, we just came back from Richard Bench's funeral um, and it was on my birthday too, so this is like super, God made it so that I wouldn't forget about this moment. Um, Yeah, I came back, I remember calling my brother and like, I was like, hey bro, um, I just lost. Like, I just came back from, from my friend's funeral, just to let him know what's going on with me. And he's like, wait, you heard? And um, so, I, I had a best friend, uh, and uh, basically, that's my rider. Um, he's like, we call him the fourth Devera, because there's three of us, but he's like the fourth, and uh, three weeks earlier, he had uh, overdosed, and he was in a coma. and. Uh, We were praying, all my brothers, we were praying every single day that God would wake them up. I had no doubts in my mind, you know, in my heart, that God was going to keep them alive. Like, I had faith in God. Like, I know you're going to do this, God. You know, I'm not tripping. I'm like writing letters, writing him a letter. Like, I can't wait till you wake out of your hibernation. You know, I know God's going to do this. And I just remember my brother was like, Wait, you heard? I'm like, Heard about what? And he's like, He was quiet. And I'm like, oh, no, I just already knew he was talking about my best friend. And I'm like, no, don't tell me Raymar. Don't tell me Raymar passed away. Don't tell me. So he just, he wasn't answering. And I was just increasingly get louder and louder. And uh, I was like, bro, tell me if Raymar passed away. And he's like, yeah, Raymar passed away. And I'm like, whoa, on my birthday, you know, ah, uh, I just started busting up, I was crying, I was furious, I was mad at God. I was like, God, why would you do this, you know? I thought you were going to wake him up, and I was, I was going crazy, you know? And I thank God, Teen Child, like my brothers were around me and they just embraced me, and I was just bawling. I remember Greg Rutledge, he comes up, he shoots everybody away. And it's, it was my night to do worship and his friend was coming to be a guest speaker. And Greg Rutledge was best friends with Richard Bench who had just passed away. He's like, I know what it's like. He's like, we both just lost our best friends, but you know what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to crumble. You know, He, he wants you to break under this pressure right now. He's like, you know what you need to do? He said, you need to go up there and, and worship. Mm. Worship your butt off. You know, And I'm over here just crying, you know. Um, But he's like, you don't know how many lives you could impact. And um, I just remember walking in and just the presence of God, one to the chapel presence of God was so thick. I just started crying and everybody came and embraced me. They didn't even know I was crying about. it. It was just the love of Christ, you know, just, man, it's some like real genuine love, you know. And they all just came and embraced me. And I'm like, I don't know Why? why I'm even up here right now. I don't know what's going on, God, but we're going to praise and worship you anyway. Just like Job said, he's like, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it was like the most powerful worship I've ever been a part of. And it was like, if my brokenness can be a blessing to other people, it was like, wow, God, thank you for, you know, using me that day, you know? And then I had friends come up to me it's like hey if you didn't worship if that worship didn't happen last night i would have left you know Mm. and you know that was like
0: really powerful wow it's amazing it's amazing amazing. (laughs) oh that's powerful huh i think we can end right there huh (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i just want to share um our last scripture here and then ask you guys just uh one more question if we could um but in Psalm 95, verse 6 to 7, this really goes along with what um, Josh shared. And, and if you ever notice in the Psalms, like, um, they're always like all broken and busted at first. And then they end it with worship. <laughs> and just the reality of the Psalms is so beautiful because it's just the reality of our human condition. But God's in the middle of it. And so, anytime I pull a scripture of worship out, I always like to read a few verses before and I, got, I get to see the real condition prior to. And so, I think it's so beautiful what you did, Josh, is he, like in the book of Job, you know, he had himself a bad day, right? Chapter one, somebody say amen. amen. And, and he, didn't, he didn't blame God and the Bible says he worshiped, man. And so, um, so here I just want to share the scripture. Um, and then I'll ask one more question as the worship team comes up, but Psalm 95 verse 67 says this, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Love that. So, you know, O come and let us worship. Um, and so you guys kind of alluded to this last question here a little bit, but since you're both involved in music, have some history in, as far as vocally and just production and all that, um, what would you say from your space of being musicians, like I can't, I don't even know what a note is, whenever I'm worshiping but I'm at home, my wife's like, man, well you need to quiet down a little bit, that don't sound <laughs> so I'm like, don't try to stop my praise. Uh, uh, <laughs> but but you guys just be in the space. You're in, could you tell us that, like, from your like, what's the difference between music and worship, in light, in, in in respect, like, from your perspective of your history doing it just on your own, and what is the difference there? Um, go for it. Yeah, whoever.
1: Um, the difference between music and worship is worship is your soul crying out. It's your it's your mm. heart. That's good. Uh, it's from performance to passion. Ooh, that's Ooh, good. That's pretty much what it is.
0: That's good. My, somebody I, I, somebody,
1: take notes for me, okay? I,
0: but say that again, Brittany. That's so powerful. That's, that's what worship is. It, but please, if you, could, if you could say it.
1: Performance to passion. Music is, is performance. And then worship is your passion. soul. It's passion.
0: And then the first thing you said was it is your soul crying out. Yeah,
1: your soul crying out. In that's joy good. or in sorrow.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. Everybody go, mmm. Yes, Lord. Everybody say, Selah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pause on that for a minute. Let it marinate. Uh, that's good. That's really good. Uh, Josh, what, do you, what would you say? What's the difference there? Before we close here in prayer. What's the difference between music and worship? Uh, music.
2: Um, I mean, worship. It like it consists of music as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's right. not just music. Like worship is like, like you said, the way you live your life. So everything you do can be worshiped to God. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, when it just comes to like music, um, like I think music is like you're doing it for. If it's not including God, you're doing it for things other than God, obviously. So either for yourself or for like a girl or maybe for the world or for your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like true music and worship comes out when you're doing it for God because that's what we're meant to do. Mm -hmm. So it's like like a a true expression of the heart that you can't describe in words. It's like Mm -hmm. you're directing your attention upward. And it's like worship is like, okay, I'm doing this, this music um, for God, like regular music for yourself. It's like, okay, I'm trying to glorify myself, but now it's like, God has given me talents and abilities. And, and this is all I can offer God, just a heart of worship. Mm -hmm. I can't give you anything. I can't earn the, I can't earn the grace that you've given me. This is all I got. I'm giving you all I, I'm giving you my heart. It's like an expression of surrender.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.